Welcome to What She Said podcast with Shanae Hall. Welcome to another episode of What She Said. I'm here with my mom, co-author of Why Do I Gotta Think Like a Man? Yeah. And of course, I'm Shanae Hall, the hostess with the mostest, coming to you always live in the living color. I'm so excited to bring in our next guest, Bishop Marvin Sapp. Not just a bishop, but also a Grammy-nominated artist. Glory. But we're here today and Thank you. it's all because Glory. of you. Why he's here today is to give us some information on how to make our relationships last till death do you part. Thank you so much for joining us. I hear a little uh, like music in the background and they're recording. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm at my... Um, I'm in my office at the church. So do me a favor now. Don't give me the Bishop Marvin Sapp on stage, okay? <laughs> we try to change lives around here. I need you to give me the whole Marvin Sapp, real life human being that they got this knowledge that's gonna help I'll us. I'll just give you the human being, the uh, my yeah, human being side though. You, you know, do? <laughs> I ain't gonna leave you out there. I'll, I'll give you the best that I possibly can. Okay, well, let's let's get it then. So. There's been, of course, there's a million dating podcasts, apps, relationships, books, so on and so forth. And I wanted to talk to you because, one, I have a lot of respect for you as a man who was married, stayed faithful, I'm assuming, stayed, uh, you know, literally until death do you part, you honored your vows. And that's like unheard of nowadays. So my first question is, what makes a marriage successful? What makes people, what do you have to bring to the relationship to make it truly last forever? Well, I, you know, we've discussed this before. My, my situation was totally different from most folks. You know, I met my, my, my late wife when I was in the third grade. So we went from elementary school, middle school, high school, double dated for the senior prom. She went with another guy. I went with another girl. Absolutely. We actually won a dance contest back then as well. Um, she went off to college. I stayed over to a a local Christian college. And uh, when she came back, I was in ministry. So um, at that point, I was looking for someone that, you know, could help me fulfill my my purpose and my dreams. Um, I wasn't looking for somebody because I was burning. Because in the church, they say, you know, you know, uh, it's better to marry than to burn. And that's scripture, yeah. of course. But, you know, I wasn't looking for somebody because I was burning. I, I was just looking for a friend who wanted to be a life partner. And I think that one of the things that we tend to miss, I personally believe, is that, you know, we don't want to marry our friend. Mm-hmm. You know, I want I wanted to marry somebody who was going to be my best friend, who I can trust and tell everything to, mm-hmm. um, who I didn't have any secrets from. And, you know, that's what I ended up with. Um, and I ended up with that because for me, I modeled it first. You know, I wanted to make sure that, you know, I showed her what I wanted and when I showed her what I wanted, uh, she took it and gave it back to me. Um, You told me you don't want me to be the preacher, so I'm not gonna be the preacher today, but I I do believe (laughs) that you absolutely receive what you initiate. Um, You reap reap what you actually sow. And uh, when the, the man was always created to be initiator, the woman was supposed to receive and give it back. So, you know, a man has a job, he goes out, 
you know, he makes a check. He goes, gives her money, tell her to buy groceries. She gives him back dinner. Mm. Uh, he gives her his seed. She gives him back a baby. You know, you preaching right now, but I'm going to say, let the church say amen. Yes, well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but at, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I just, I just, my whole thing is, the, I think the reason why our relationship worked for 18 years, and, and I, I'm very honest when it comes to, you know, I was faithful. I mean, I went all over the world. You know, I could have had side chicks everywhere. Mm. And she would have never known because, I mean, I was married in the 90s when cell phones and, and tracking and positions and things of that nature was not a commonplace. So right. I, I could have had a chick in Greece. I could have had a chick in Africa. You know, I could have had somebody everywhere. But I made a commitment um, that I was coming home and, and that I wasn't going to allow anything to, you know, intervene or come between our relationship because um, she was everything that I wanted. And I guess that's really at the end of the day, I think that's the key. You need to find everything that you want, a friend, a lover. Um, I can remember one time, it's kind of funny now, but I can remember one time her coming to the airport when you was able to come to the gate. Right, right, right. Came to the airport uh, in nothing but a mink coat on. Ooh. And I was like, yeah, this is, you see, you know, what? it was wonderful. Yes, Lord. You know, so, you know, that's the kind of relationship that we had. She was my friend and she was my lover. She was she cooked, she did it all. So, you know, I just made a decision that, you know, I didn't want anything else but her. And I think that, you know, we, we possess the ability to do that. We just have to decide to. So do, would you say that in today's society that it's still appropriate for the man to be, have the goal to be the primary breadwinner? You, you mentioned that, you know, you go out, the man works, he brings home a check. The woman, she goes home and she produces dinner. You know, do you still think that that's practical Dude, in today's society? I, I, I think it's practical from the standpoint if that individual male can afford it. And then not only that, it depends on the type of lifestyle that that couple desires to have. Um, I don't personally think I live high, but I know what I like. So, wait, wait, back up. I ain't gonna roll you under the bus. I'm gonna let that I'm gonna let that slide. I'm gonna let that Marvin, I'm letting that slide. Go ahead. <laughs> but I know it again. I, I know what I like, and because I know what I like, I made a decision that there was a certain specific type of lifestyle that I wanted for us to have. Um, okay. I never told her she didn't have to work, but I, you know, she wanted to. Um, until one day, which is funny, uh, she had gotten a job as a She's director of uh, admissions at a university in the city, and she loved it. I mean, she worked it for 90 days, and I used to tell her all the time, you know, Lynn, you ain't got to go back to work. You don't want to work the kids at the crib. You want to be with the babies and stuff. No, no, I got these degrees, and I'm going back to work. And she's listening to all the little girlfriends telling her, girl, you know what to do all these years, da 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 And I'm telling her, I said, your girlfriends wish they was doing what you was doing. Amen. You, you sit here and listen to them. So I say, well, you guys will learn for yourself. One day, within her 90-day position and period, she went to work and decided that she didn't want to work anymore. So she went to her office and packed up her stuff. And, <laughs> uh, I could have rose up and said, girl, you got to be out in your cotton-picking mind. You're making six figures a year and da 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 But, you know, at the end of the day, you have to be in a position where you understand Okay, my husband can afford to do this, so I can leave my job. But then again, if our lifestyle can't 
handle it. Maybe I need to do what I need to do till it's that time. Right. I think that's a key part, though, is having a husband. I think for most women, we're looking for a husband to be not just a provider financially, but, you know, uh, where you know that if something happens, both of us are working. If something happens, my husband got us. No, you ain't got to pay all the bills right now. But if something goes, if we have a child that you got to be able to hold it down. And I think that's the part that that is missing, you know, from from today's. I don't know. I don't know if it's necessarily missing. I just don't know if men are in position to do that based on the expectation of the woman that they may be with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, if a brother's making fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year and the woman that he's with want a hundred and fifty thousand dollar lifestyle, it's gonna take both of them to do it. If I'm supposed to be the breadwinner and you're supposed to be my help me. Uh, you need to help me in this right. area. And until we're able to get to that place, that space, or we, or you may have to do that just to help maintain the lifestyle that you desire to have. Um, I'm old school because I've been around for a minute. So, you know, and then of course I've been doing what I've been doing forever. So mm-hmm. it's a little different. So, but I think, I really do think that that's a conversation that always needs to happen before you go down the aisle. Well, go to the courthouse or wherever they go. <laughs> so, Marvin, this is Rhonda. Mm-hmm. Um, you laid out quite a bit there. Uh, you were pretty young when you got married, right? I was 25. So did you have some sort of vision about the kind of woman you wanted? Did you have like a vision board, as Oprah speaks about? How did you know what you were looking for? You know what? I don't know if I necessarily knew exactly what I was looking for because I actually learned a long time ago that women change every five years. So because you all go through, you know, a multiplicity of changes, I I didn't look for a specific type of woman as much as I looked for somebody that I knew that I could partner with in order to fulfill vision that I had. And I, I think that was really, you know, what I was looking for. I was looking for somebody who really understood where I was going, what I was trying to accomplish and what I was doing and who wanted to partner with me in order to help me fulfill that. And then at the same token, you know, it wasn't always about me shining, but I wanted to help that person shine as well. You know, you know, even though I had the, for the sake of a better word, international platform, you know, my wife did some amazing things in our hometown from being on a multiplicity of boards, being a college professor, uh, teaching in psychology and sociology, being the director of psychometry for uh, a uh, mental hospital in the city, um, philanthropy, she gave a lot of my money away. Uh, (laughs) Just a whole lot of different things. So, I mean, to the point where they actually, the Grand Symphony Orchestra actually gives an award away every February uh, to a community leader in my hometown um, at a banquet every year, just because of the things that she had did in our community. So um, it wasn't just about me shining. It was about her shining. It was about both of us shining. And I think that the thing that made us work so well is that we just, we complimented each other. Our our goal, and, and, and I want to say this, our goal 
was always to outdo one another in who was going to love the other person the most. Oh, wow. I mean, we, nice. we were always in competition for that. It's like, you, you, you're not going to out love me loving you. And it's like, oh. you're you love me loving you. So we were all, if we were going to be in competition in anything, our competition was going to be who was going to love the other person the most and who was going to make sure the other person was, um, was always the person that felt as if that they were the most special. So I, I love that. And that leads me to the next question. So you just step back and, and if you were to, to try to advise us, you know, what, what makes a good woman? I, you know what? I, let me reframe that question. I think okay. every person, every man has their own expectation of what a good woman is. Um, a good woman cannot be defined by one person. Uh, me personally, that's how I feel. I feel like I could define what my definition of a good woman is, but we'll my definition that. of a good woman may not be. <laughs> what do you say? We'll do that then. I do what? Yeah, what's a good oh, woman? Okay. Is it about keeping the house clean and cooking and paying paying the bills on time with your with your money? What, what, is, what does that look like? <laughs> well, I mean, like I'm. I think in this season of my life, because I guess I'm in a I'm in a different space. I mean paying bills and all that kind of stuff back in the day, of course, that was, you know, something that, you know, we focused on simply because I traveled so much and there wasn't something called, you know, uh, you know, uh, banking online, you know, so now you got to do is just set it up in the system. You don't need nobody actually, you know, fixing, you know, the checking account or anything like that. You know, at, at, at this point, you know, you just need somebody for me, I need somebody that's going to be my friend and I can hang around with somebody I like, somebody that notice I said like, you know, love is easy, believe it or not. I don't care what nobody say. Love is not a difficult thing to do. Liking people is the wow. challenge because you you can love somebody and I mean, you know, be laying next to them and say, you know, I can't stand this nigga right here. I just, Christ, I just wish that they would just roll over and die. But no, really, but but people, what ends up happening is, is that the person they love, they don't like. Mm-hmm. And the True. reason why they don't like them is because they were so enamored with, you know, the, the, the outward trappings and the outward things of that individual that they never took time to invest in finding out, are we compatible? I wrote a book. I wrote a book um, and put it out a few years ago. Uh, and the book was entitled um, Suitable. And uh, I'm going to send it to y'all because I, I want you to read it. But um, Suitable, again, I got to go to the preacher mode for a minute. It talked <laughs> about how God put Adam to sleep. And when he put Adam to sleep, he went inside Adam, he pulled out a bone. And when he pulled that bone, he took that bone and he created Eve. And when he created Eve, uh, Adam was like, this is, this is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. And the fact of the matter is, is that God created this woman to be my help me. Right. Well, the word help me, it actually comes from a Hebrew word that has like five different meanings to it. And uh, one of them means to save. It means to cover. It means to uh, connect. Uh, it means to be there for it means to uh, to strengthen. Mm-hmm. I think what we tend to do is, is that we don't tend to look for women that are suitable, that will cover, that will protect, 
that will stand with, that will, you know, guard those types of things. We just tend to look for women sometimes that have hips, lips, and thighs and don't look for the things that we actually need because men, when you really love a woman, you really become vulnerable. Mm. And that's the worst place or space for a man to be in. To be honest, especially when we're we're hunters and we're providers and we're supposed to be strong and men ain't supposed to cry. Well, if I'm going to be vulnerable with anybody, I need to be vulnerable with the woman that I like who says that she loves me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I just think that for me, if I could just, I want to find somebody that I just like, to be honest with you, and that I can kick it with. That we like the same thing. That we have compatible um, dreams, passions, desires. Uh, I like basketball. I'm a basketball fanatic. I like sports. Uh, you know, you don't want to be with a woman that, that can't tell you the difference between a, a, a basketball and a hockey puck. I mean, you just, oh. I mean, how would we be compatible? <laughs> we don't have nothing in common. I mean, you know, you know, certain things. And see, in the book I wrote, and this is, this, this is a trip. In the book I wrote, I talked about compatibility. And in the church, what we do is we tend to put spirituality before compatibility. And the truth of the matter is, is you can teach spirituality. I can teach you how to pray. I can teach you how to read scripture. You know, I I can teach you all those things, but I can't teach you to like what I like. Because if you don't like it, you're just not going to like it. So, you know, that's the reason why I believe most relationships fall apart. Because we tend to look for the wrong things rather than looking for compatibility to be the foundation of what we want. So I, I just want somebody that's going to be compatible and that's ride or die. What about social media? How do you think that that's affected dating in 2020, 2021, moving forward? You, it, I mean, everybody's sliding into folks' DMs in this day and time. Oh, don't slide. What you know about sliding in somebody's DM, Pastor? I think I think what social media has done is it's given us the ability to create um, imagery and facades that aren't real. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just really think that it's I mean, the whole concept and aspect of us really getting to know somebody. I'm old school. I just I just think things can get lost in translation. Right. So it's always better to communicate verbally than to get caught up in somebody's you know, um, you know, chats or in in their social media platforms. Because again, we only see what you let us see. Right. You know, you ain't letting me see the real you. You showing right. me all of what you wanted me to see to make me believe that you are all that. And the truth of the matter is, is that's not what I need to know. I need to know your flaws and all. And 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 I think that puts us in a better position to be able to make decisions on if this is the direction we want to go into or not. Mm-hmm. And that's not, and that's not a slight against you. That's just saying we don't click. And why would I want to consider somebody that? Why would I want to consider a lifetime decision over somebody that I don't click with? Right. That's so true. Ridiculous. I mean, who wants to live in that kind of hell? 
So give me your top to do it. And people choose to give me your top three requirements. If you were to to get out in these streets again, not to say you in these streets, I ain't putting you in the streets, Pastor. I'm just saying. But if you decided, what would be your top three requirements that you were looking for in a future like partner? That's a good question because I ain't thought about that. Um, what would be my top three requirements? Um, she, she would have to be driven. Okay. Uh, and the reason being because I'm I'm very driven. Okay. Um, uh, I'm I'm always trying to do stuff that's trying to reposition my life and also recreate. Being in the industry that I'm in, you know, music has changed drastically over the last thirty years, and because it has changed, uh, I'm consistently trying to figure out how I can be that different artist, evolve and or add new things to what I do. Um, mm -hmm. So that means that she's going to have to be driven to the point where she, she, might, she might have to spend some time in isolation doing what she needs to do, that she mm -hmm. can't be so caught up in my world and, and, and desiring so much of my attention that she feels slighted and feels like she's in competition with what I do. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's, that's number one. Um, Man, she has to be driven. She has to be. Um, what about looks? Smart. Can she be? A, can she be thickums? Can she be? Can she be two fifty? No, she can't be two fifty. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, that's. I mean, you know. I mean, she got to take care of herself. I mean, you know, of course, I, I want something that I could come home to. I, you know, because you can come home to two fifty. Don't don't play. Yeah, I could come home to two fifty, but I don't know if I could be faithful to it. Oh, that's honest. Ooh. You see. So, okay. but again, she, I ain't going to go after something that's not appealing to my eye. That's crazy. You know, okay. I, I'm not going to go after somebody that's not appealing. That's just like you going and eating food that you don't like just because it's in front of you. Right. I don't that don't make good sense. Depending on how that, hungry you are, you might I know, eat it. I ain't, that, I ain't that hungry, though. I ain't that hungry. <laughs> so stupid. I ain't that hungry and I ain't that thirsty. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't hungry, ain't thirsty. So, so I think that you know, she got to be driven. She got to be smart. You know, a, a communicator, know something about you know the world. Uh, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, and you know, she got to be fine to me. Shoot, I mean, not just. No, I take that. Back. <laughs> I'm gonna tell y'all why. I, I say she got to be fine by the world standards. Mm. That keeps one hundred. I appreciate it. That, and, and I'm gonna tell you why I say that because again. You know, my wife, Melinda, was, you know, everybody, you know, she was white. She wasn't white. She was just a very, very fair-skinned black girl. I wish y'all could have met her. She'd open up her mouth. And I was like, this is all Negro right here. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> and, but, but what, what made me come home to her is that when I looked around at what was out here, I was like, uh-uh, this is it. I don't need nothing else. And I think that, you know, that's something that I would look for as well. I'm, I'm definitely gonna be like, look, when I get off the stage or when I leave the pulpit, you know, because th this church is different. They ain't sending pies and cakes to your house and to the back anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you get out of drawers and bras for your back. <laughs> okay, true story. I think since I've been here in Texas at my church, um, in 15 months, we've gotten a minimum of three pair of underwear 
sent to the church. And I'm, I'm not making this up. This is real. So things have changed mm-hmm. now. So you really just have to discipline yourself and make sure you don't get caught up out here. So they slide in the DMs of preachers and stuff too. And Pastor, I've never heard you get caught up in anything. No, I, you know, I live by three themes in life. I, one of the themes I live by in life is um, if the Holy Ghost can't keep you, your money ought to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, I, I make a great living and I make too much money to make stupid decisions. Not that that's my driving force. You know, God, of course, is, is, is my, my focus and my force. And I live, you know, to the best of my ability by what the word of God teaches. But, you know, if I need something that's going to keep me straight, you know, if, if the Holy Ghost can't keep you, your money ought to. Um, another thing I live by in life is that if you can't walk in total deliverance, at least walk in discretion. Mm-hmm. Um, because the reality is, is that in the church, we have a responsibility to, you know, it's not about us. It's, mm-hmm. it's about making sure that we maintain the reputation of the God that we say we live for. So, mm-hmm. you know, don't mess up God's name because people don't say things like, uh, you know, so-and-so out there just living all, you know, random. They mm-hmm. say stuff like, see them folks in the church. Right. So, you know, they label all of us because of a few of us. So right. um, at least use some wisdom and stuff, you know, because ain't none of us perfect. We all got struggles, issues. All of us have some level of vices that we all trying to get through mm-hmm. and um, do what you need to do in order to protect your name and your reputation. And that's that's what I that's what I do. Well, my mom got one more question for you. And then we're going to let you get out of here. I greatly appreciate your time and energy, sir. Yeah, they're in there waiting on me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, so how important is sex? <laughs> I was gonna ask that, but I was like, let me not do the bishop like that today. It's too much. It's too much. How important is sex as it pertains to in a relationship? Yes. Are you kidding? We're all men and women. We've all been created with desire. I mean, every man wants a, a woman that, yeah. Very, very important. I know, you know, it's, it's extremely important. I mean, it's it's uh, that's that's why God created us all. You know. So, 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 real quick, how do you how do you tell couples to talk about that? Do you just say just sit down? And oh, talk absolutely. About it? As a now, you are you talking to me from a pastoral standpoint? Yes. Uh-huh. Oh, absolutely. That that you know, my pastor, uh, the late uh, Reverend uh, William C. Abney, uh told us when me and uh, Melinda got together, he literally told us once I asked her to marry me that we needed to have these conversations as it pertains to expectation. Mm-hmm. So important. What, what, what are you willing to do? What are you comfortable with? What are you uncomfortable with? Are you willing to, to learn? Mm-hmm. You know what I like? Um, because, you know, I might like some things that you might not be comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Um, are these things that I like that you're not comfortable with? Are they deal breakers? Mm, that's you know? so important. Um, yeah, because I know people. You know, <laughs> I know some. I I've had conversations in my office about specific things. Okay, let me just tell y'all stuff. See, I, <laughs> I, 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 so when 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 I was married and pastoring in Michigan, um, 
Melinda and I used to always counsel together. The reason why is because number one, she was a licensed psychologist by profession. And, you know, I was like, well, shoot, let's sit in here, counsel together, and I'll learn some stuff. That's not my area. My area is Bible. So, you know, we're sitting in the office and, and having conversation with couples about sex. And uh, she would always break up the meeting and say, okay, let's, let's meet with them again at another day. So we'd meet with them another day. The next meeting she had, she came in on various occasions with gift, uh, with, with, with gifts. Let me just say it like that. <laughs> I remember her buying a pole to go home and to oh, experiment. Snap. And, and the thing is because you've got to know, at, once you marry, it's past that point of return. You know, you at that point, ain't no time for you. You know, but before you marry, you know, right. you need to be having these types of discussions on the front end, you know, because certain things you may enjoy, you know, in your previous life before you got married that your wife to be may not be into. So that's if she right. don't do it at home, that's what's going to make you wonder. So find out before you have to have a wondering eye. That's why I, that's why I said what I said earlier. Shoot, I can remember Melinda coming to that doggone airport with that mink coat on and some stilettos. And you remember that. I remember oh, like, goodness. Because I was like, <laughs> we didn't make it home. We, I mean, I think we went to um, Matter of fact, I know we did. We went into the, uh, you know, the bathroom where they changed the babies at? The no. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. No. Not you? Yeah, me. <laughs> I, I just came up to the concert. She's my wife. It wasn't like I was meeting no, 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 no. She's my wife. Understandable. Understandable. You know, so I mean. Marvin? Yeah. We just learned you a freak. I'm just throwing it out there. We just learned Marvin is a freak. <laughs> I own it. I own it. I own it. That's why I stay busy. Busy keep you out of trouble. Amen, Church and Tabernacle. We want to thank you so much for coming on here with us to join my ladies in what she said. In this case, what you just said, said it all. But y'all need to read Song of Solomon. He was a freak. Okay, freak. But I just learned you a freak. Hold on now. (laughs) Take care. (laughs) Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.